Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hi y'all, I'm so excited. It's another week. We're edging closer not only to Christmas, which is my favorite time of the year. Yes, I know it's August, but yo, <laughs> time is flying. But also, um, September 3rd, I'm so excited because I am going to be having the second edition of Perspective, which is my other podcast, and you are invited, well, if you're in Nairobi or you can travel to Nairobi. <laughs> and it's a podcast where men and women come together to talk about gender issues. The last episode, we were talking about femicide, and you can find the episodes on YouTube. Just look for Perspective, P-U-R-S-E-Pective. I'll just make sure I put a link in the caption. Yeah, that would be easier. So we're talking about femicide in the last episode. This episode is going to be so much fun. So much fun. Um, <laughs> can you tell I'm excited? We're going to be talking about gender definition and de- gender rules. Like where did we start learning the definitions that we have of what being a man is and what being a woman is and putting that in a Kenyan context or an African context, I think we are going to have a fantastic conversation. Entry is absolutely free. It's 6 p.m. at K1 Clubhouse in Nairobi on the 3rd of September. I really, really hope I see you there. We have four amazing panelists. I'm going to be announcing them later on this week on my Instagram. So head over to Adele Onyango on Instagram. I'm just so excited that I'm actually doing this shit like (laughs) i'm like wow this was just an idea in my head and now it's actually a thing so i really hope to meet you there in the last episode actually um there were a few people who came up to me and they're like yo we heard about this on legally clueless so we had to come through so it's so fun um meeting the legally clueless tribe (laughs) in perspective zone so it's cool but anyway, um, I've had a really good week just prepping for that. So prepping the breakdown of the topic, um, finalizing the panelists and whatever technical stuff needs to get done. And yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. So that's what I've been busy with this week. But also I wanted to share with you guys, I have downloaded another app. So y'all know I'm addicted to apps, right? <laughs> but this one, I think I'm onto something really good. And I always share, at least on this podcast, apps that either help with my mindset so if it's anxiety or with sleep and stuff like that just apps that will help you cope better with this thing called adulting so this new app that i have is called fabulous and it's genuinely fabulous yes i've been working on that (laughs) i wanted to say that for so long no but seriously it's amazing and it basically helps you create better habits, day-to-day habits. So they split up your day like morning, afternoon, evening. And then you choose what habits you want to start. And you start almost like a challenge. And it's so freaking weird. A challenge can be three days long. But on the fourth day, you just find yourself doing it. So I'm only on morning challenges or morning routines, whatever you yeah, morning routines. So the first challenge I had was drinking water. I generally was never somebody who drank enough water and that's pretty messed up. Like water is good guys, drink it. And (laughs) my husband on the other end is like constantly surrounded by water. Like he's 
always make sure there's a bottle of water around him and he's always drinking water. And I just realized, like, I would constantly be getting sick and he, I swear I can count on, like, one hand how many times he's had a flu. And his flu will last, like, one day and it's gone. Um, but anyway, so I was like, you know what, let's start with this water thing. And so my challenge was for three days, the first thing that I do when I wake up is drink water. So I'd always go to bed with water beside my my bed, make sure when I wake up, it's the first thing I do, I drink it. And smashed that um, challenge, like did it all three days. I was like, yes. And so once you've finished that, you keep the habit. It's not that on the third, on the fourth day, you stop drinking the water. No, you keep that habit and you add on another one. So the next one I added was to have, let me just read it. Eat a great breakfast because that was another thing, especially when I was doing a breakfast radio show, I would just not have breakfast. And I'd remember that, oh, I haven't eaten at about 10 a.m. or 11 or sometimes 12 noon or sometimes later in the day when I'm low in energy. I'm just like, oh, I feel so sluggish. I wonder why. And then I remember, oh, crap, I have not had any meals. So I was like, okay, I want to actually have like a good and healthy breakfast. So I started doing that. And I think that one was a four day challenge, if I'm not wrong. So now I had two challenges is drink water eat a great breakfast. And I added another one, which is exercise. So I've been doing 60 squats in the morning, guys. 60. I'm so proud of myself. Like I'm celebrating all these wins. 60 squats. I feel more energized. I feel more, woo, let's get this show on the road like every morning because of these habits. And I'm going to start like trying out the other ones um, like for the afternoons. So you can add different things. So for example, when you open the afternoon, it lets you pick different habits. So it could be breathe, drink water, clean and tidy up, eat more fruits and vegetables, exercise, drink tea, learn and study, walk, meditate, read, power nap. Ooh, I'm all about my naps. I love that one. <laughs> and so there's another one for be grateful, block distractions, um, call my parents, celebrate, check my weight. So it really just depends like what you want to add into your daily routine. And then the evening routine, the different habits you can do is disconnect and unplug. So I really want to, when I start the evening routine challenges, I want to add that one where you completely disconnect from your devices and reconnect with humanity. Because I find myself on my phone and my husband's on his phone. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> it's just the two of us. Can we just talk? And um, then obviously it still has clean and tidy up, floors, exercise. Yeah, so I really actually genuinely love this thing. And then when you crush your habits, they send you like an audio newsletter of this woman with a very strange voice but hey congratulating you and just like oh i heard that you have drank water every morning <laughs> her voice might be a bit off but you're just like yes i did and yes yeah, so i think it's a really good app guys i'm really enjoying it again it's called fabulous and it's spelled the right way so not like fabulous the rapper it spells the right way but hey if there are any apps that you're using to better your day-to-day -day life or to cope I'm more than willing. So top of my list is Mindshift, Headspace, and now Fabulous. Last week's episode was a part one. I shared um, part one of a story that was by 
Edgar, and he was talking about childhood trauma, and I asked you to, you know, reach out and share your story if you wanted to about, you know, the environment that you grew up in and whether there was trauma that you witnessed or you experienced and whether you felt it directly influenced how you do stuff. They got quite a few of your WhatsApp audio notes that were very personal, that were super personal to the point I didn't really want to share them, but I did thank everybody individually for sharing. Most of the stories shared were people who were still in the environment where one parent is physically abusive to the other parent. And it's just, there's a lot of heavy stuff, but I think it's a good step in knowing or being conscious that, okay, I'm in a very messed up environment and it's, it's going to affect me. And so I feel like when you're conscious, at least for me, when I realized I was very conscious about it, it made me more careful in making sure that, you know, the experience or the environment or the trauma doesn't negatively affect me. So I was like hands-on and ready for it whenever it would pop up. So I think being conscious about it is step one. It's step one and it's a great step. And I also got um, DMs on our Instagram page that were just very heavy. And um, one thing some of the stories shared brought up that I didn't realize was that there's one story where someone was very aware that their elder sister had experienced the physical, not experienced, had witnessed the physical abuse their dad used to inflict on their mom for longer than them. And so they were like, you know, very aware that she'll react or it will affect, I'm very aware that it'll affect her either more or in a very different way from me. So that was a different arc where I was like, okay, yeah, sometimes, you know, you think about childhood trauma in a very linear way and rightly so, but sometimes you then forget about your siblings and if they're older than you, they experience this for longer. So what does that look like for them on their end? I don't know. You know, so, so these conversations just sometimes make me even more petrified, and I've said this before, in different episodes of Legally Clueless, they just really keep me so petrified of having a kid because as much as definitely you'll do your best, but there's also that awareness that anything toxic in the environment you create for your child will definitely affect them regardless of their age or you know, what else you provide for them, right? So it's like, oh my God, like it's, that's a huge responsibility to be a parent. There's years of trauma being passed down, you know what I mean? Like, so even when you talk about childhood trauma, it's not saying that our parents were horrible or they're terrible people, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not saying that. It's also recognizing that their trauma is being passed down generations. So when does it stop, right? And when are we aware that, shit, I can't carry this on. I need to be more aware. Yeah, so that really petrifies me, guys. It really petrifies me. So I have part two, and this is the final part of Edgar's story. And I just love that in all of the trauma, he found his voice. 
hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never gonna get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. I just got to a point where it was too much. So I called my mom. I told her, man, I need to talk to you. So we spoke and I told her that I need to see a counselor. I don't know where to start looking for someone. I don't know where they are in this country, in this town. Find me someone. So she gave me three numbers. I called them. We settled on one. And I, the reason why I wanted a counselor and not talk to my folks was because I wanted someone who didn't know me. I wanted someone who'd listen to me without trying to label my feelings. Someone who would make my feelings about me. A lot of people I find do that. Someone is trying to express their pain. And when they're doing that, you make their pain about you and not yeah. about them. So I met this counselor. We started talking. And I said, you know, she asked me to give her history. I gave her history of, you know, from that when I was 10 years old. And then from when I was 13, I said having, you know, uh, these weird feelings that I was going through. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what they were. We went through that first session. Then she gave me an assessment to do, mm-hmm. a written one. I took it home and I just had a new job actually uh, in February. So I started seeing her in March. So she told me to just find 30 minutes quiet time and just do that assessment without without stopping. Like yeah. I had no interruptions, no phones, nothing. Yeah. You start, you finish. Yeah. So if I have to use the bathroom, go and use the bathroom before that test. Like you can't live in the middle of this test because even that slight interruption, either from your phone or having to like take a break, uh, to maybe walk and do, handle something, let's say in the, off, in the office or at home, and then come back and do the test. It messes with the the answers that you give. It'll the, the answers will be skewed. So I I found time. I did the te- I did the assessment. I finished. I gave it back to her. She's like, yeah. yeah. In the third session, she'll give me the results. So I went through the second one. Fast forward to the third. I get there and then she's like, okay, now I have your results. Let's go through them. Let's tell you. I can tell you what exactly is going on. And she's like, one, the things you've been going through are very normal in someone who's gone through, you know, the things you have. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like you're crazy. Don't feel like you're abnormal. Don't feel like, you know, you're the only one going through this stuff. I've met very many people. I've, I've counseled very many people. They've gone through sort of what you're going through. Some was, some not so bad. But just to give you some sort of consolation, you're not the only one. So I was like, okay. So she starts mentioning big terms like depression, anxiety, panic disorder. And I'm like, what's this stuff? Mm-hmm. I used to hear this stuff in the movies. This is, this is me? This is me who's going through this? Mm-hmm. What? Okay. But she told me, no, 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 don't worry. We can sort this out. So what we'll do is we will get the sessions we're going to have were basically me to first express the things that I had gone through. Mm-hmm. I needed to let that out. And as I was letting that out, what she also did was link those situations to the feelings that I was, the things that I was going through. Mm-hmm. So be it a feeling... Be, uh, which was either emotional or physical, you know. So if I was having things like um, my heart beating way too fast, yeah. it was linked to something. If I was feeling like there's a lot of tension in my throat, it was linked to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, me not sleeping, but instead staying up and overthinking, it was linked to yeah. something yeah. that got me feeling, ah, okay. So yeah, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm actually quite normal. And there's a reason why I'm going through these things. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I started learning more about myself, which gave me some sort of, what you call it, confidence. You know, first there's the understanding of like, okay, the reason why I do this is because of this. Like, yeah. even if other people handle things like that, the reason why I'm not like them 
is because of these things that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. But now it's learning how to do things like them. Actually, the right things, not not the wrong things, just the right things in life. I was like, okay, I can, I can, I think I can do this. So she started equipping me with a couple of tools, yeah. you know, how to do that. I started fixing a routine. That went really well. So I saw her between March 2015 to mm-hmm. August 2015. And I learned so much from her. That year, that year was, I think, my best life, uh, my best time in the gym. I, I, I grew really strong. I grew bigger. I was more confident. And then you have people come and tell you, dude, man, you look good. And I'm like, thanks. I love it, man. Keep gassing me up. I want this, man. Yeah. But it gave me more motivation to do what I was doing, to keep, you know, sticking to this path. So I didn't. I didn't grow. I didn't grow a big ego, yeah. you know, and started becoming too vain and stuff. No, I just used to take the compliments and I used to, you know, turn them into, you know, my own motivation to be more confident in myself and the things that I was doing. Yeah. Uh, but sadly enough, towards the end of 2015, I can't really recall what happened, but I was faced with a trigger that, 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 uh, you know. Um, hit me back into depression and uh, now I was trying to find how do I maneuver this so we start 2016 and I was out of a job at the time because yeah. uh, my contract wasn't renewed so here I am trying to figure out what's the next move in life I'm you know going through my depression no one's really asking me what's going on in my household yeah. you know uh, my, my parents are there you know, my sister is there, but no one is asking, how are you really doing? Yeah. Not the generic, how are you? I'm fine. Yeah. Good morning, good morning. No, it's, how are you really doing? I have noticed yeah. that you have been in your room longer than you usually are. Like, there's this change of, you know, habit that, yeah. that you've, you've now become accustomed to what's going on. But the way it was being communicated to me is like, you're always in your room, you're always just sitting there, you're doing nothing, you, you, you're not even out there looking for a job, you're just there, you know, just, just watching TV the whole day, you're always on your laptop, you're, you're not doing anything, uh, you're not helping around the house and you know we have no house help. So I, lo- I just didn't want to do anything, yeah. you know, but no one was seeing through those uh, habits that I had now become, that had now become my norm. As a, a, as an indication that there's something wrong, yeah. so and the people I talked to outside uh, the house, it was uh, probably not their fault. But uh, Edgar, you'll be fine. Everyone goes through all these things. Pray this is me. life. We pray for you. Pray to God. Don't forget God. God doesn't give you something that you can't handle. And I just grew sick and tired of those type of responses so that got me to stay in my cave and now become voiceless again but go to a point things were not too good i then went to my late friend's mom Mm. and i talked to her through her 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 daughter's death we became very close Mm. so we talk openly and now she became like a mother figure you know she came asking me questions What's going on with you? Why are you feeling the way you're feeling? We need to find a way to get you out of this funk, yeah. you know? And I just kept telling her that I, I feel like I need more. What I've been doing so far, yes, it's worked, but only to a certain point. But I need more. And I don't know how to get this more. Yeah. And I'm not being given options, so I don't know what to do, you know? Find a way to get me more. And she told me, nah, man, I, I think I know someone who you can see. Because the physical manifestations of my anxiety had become too much mm-hmm. to bear. Uh, then there's the depression as well, so which are now also coming out with 
my what's it called my panic attacks and now my panic attacks because of again always internalizing the stuff that i go through i would panic internally so you would on the outside you'd never know if i'm going through a panic i'm just going i'm exploding on the inside but on the outside of this you know poker face everything yeah. is good you know or you just be like ah he's probably not in a good mood but i'm literally losing my mind at that time but anyway she booked an appointment with a psychiatrist and she told me that the only condition that i have uh that you need to oblige to before that appointment is you need to write down in your journal everything that you want to talk to that lady mm-hmm. about don't hide uh, anything just say it as it is doesn't matter if you think it's silly petty small don't quantify anything you just write it down yeah. so i said fine cool man i'll do it so i wrote a lot of stuff down the day of the appointment came i showed up i think like 30 minutes before time yeah. uh, my my friend's mom was even late but eventually she came we walked up to the clinic I waited for my turn it was my turn she introduced me to the doctor and, and told the doctor this is my is like my son find a way to sort him out cool no problem we sat down with the lady and she again asked me what has brought you here yeah. and I'm um, like man it's a lot yeah. no 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 talk talk say what is you have to say so I started talking and uh, but she didn't interject here and there you know asking questions by the time I was done and i looked at my my watch i'd been talking for 3 hours mind you there are other clients are waiting to go in so these guys are i mean i can only imagine what they're going through because even me for so the outside and i'm thinking that ah each each client for be like 15 minutes yeah. at most and then next yeah. man 3 hours later we are done and then she hits me with this edgar what you've been going through is ptsd so again this is an even bigger term and i'm like what your anxiety your depression your panic attacks are just manifestations of the umbrella problem which is PTSD and i'm like what but I, you know then she's like yeah before you say it edgar you don't have to have been to war you don't have to have been sexually abused um you were emotionally abused you went through trauma emotionally and that is what is presenting itself through your depression through your anxiety through your panic attacks and now the even bigger problem is that you have been in an environment where you can't speak up about the things you go through mm-hmm. because again they're either dismissed or they're invalidated mm-hmm. or they're compared to someone else's struggles mm-hmm. now i can only imagine what you're going through and the psychiatrist shed like shed a few tears because she's like how have you survived mm-hmm. this long without substance abuse and addiction because I never went through a phase where like I was addicted to booze or drugs I've not, I don't do drugs uh think smoked like one or two puffs of weed that's yeah. it but even with booze that I take I was never like it was never a thing where I take Monday to Monday yeah. it was the socializing one yeah. you know Saturday Sunday Friday Saturday Friday Saturday Friday Saturday that's it so I'm looking at her and I'm like okay PTSD wow here we are what do we do um I I just want something figured out because I can't live like this anymore. I'm tired, it's exhausting. I, it physically it's too much. I'd lost weight. I'd lost a lot of weight. So remember I told you man, I grew big. I was yeah. buff. Guys are giving me compliments. Now it's switched. Ah! So you make on that squeeze. Hey, you've lost weight. Gosh, can what's going on? Kanu kona mashida. Eh, kanu are you sick? Man, you don't realize how insensitive those type of comments are. And you know I was going through stuff mm-hmm. you know I I was in a way sick mm-hmm. 
but now do I tell this person? Yeah. They've really started making fun of me and I'm like, no, that guy, you have to act like everything's good. No, no, no. Yeah. Man, say, you know, I've just been stressed, kidogo, you know, small, small things here mm-hmm. and there, man. But, you know, it's, it's life, it's life. Everything, you know, these things happen. Yeah. I'm done saying these things to these people. Yeah. Hey, it's life, it's life, man. I'll be good, I'll be good. Don't worry. Yeah, man, she, she, she tells me, yeah, you've gone through all this shit, but don't worry, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll find a way to sort you out. Um, you just trust in me, trust in the treatment process that I'm going to put you on. Um, we'll get you out of this. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, fine. I put all my trust in you. So she told me she had put me on medication. Uh, obviously, there is um, speculation about medication when it comes to mental health. And the biggest one being you'll get addicted. You'll get hooked and it'll fuck up your life. So I shared the same concerns with her. And she's like, I just told her that if you're going to put me on medication, make sure it's not medication that will get me sluggish. Especially because I'm a very active person. Mm-hmm. And then now on the flip side, because I'm active, I don't want medication that will get me overhype, mm. overhyper. You know, yeah. I, I want to, my level of hyperness was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want anything beyond that because now it will probably point towards the fact that like, am I boozed or am I tipsy? Mm. Where now, you know, when you're tipsy, you have this extra energy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have to go through that because that will come with a crash of its yeah. own. So I just told her, you figure it out. You're the one who knows, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the scientist. Uh, in this mental health world, yeah. uh, so figure it out. So, no, she told me, no, I don't worry about that. So she put me on medication. The medication was pretty decent. The, there were three tablets. Uh, one was an antidepressant, which was meant to raise the serotonin levels in my brain. Mm-hmm. You know, the happy chemical, you know, get, me, get it regulated because my body was just not capable of reducing enough of that. Mm-hmm. Then two... The other medication was to help with my panic attacks, which, and how it does that was by cutting the adrenaline in my system. Mm. The adrenaline was too much. Mm. I know adrenaline is actually a very bad chemical, yeah. you know. Uh, I got to figure out then. I, mean, I just thought, man, the adrenaline, if you're, let's say you're running and you have adrenaline, like, yeah, it's good, it gets you to propel and run faster. Nah, man, if, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's good in, in short boosts, but after that, like, it needs to be like backed where it needs to be, yeah. you know, in a normal human being. But for me, it was always it was too it was too much. Yeah. It was, it, in the system, it was you know uh, in very very high amounts, and that needed to be cut and yeah. brought down to normal, yeah. which now would get me to not be as um, anxious and panicky yeah. about you know certain life situations. And then now it was combined with me having to go through therapy, yeah. and she referred me to a therapist that she works with. And I just told her that, okay, I'll see her, but I hope that we we embark on a journey where she'll give me practical things Mm. to do. So stuff that I can, they may not be tangible in the physical sense, but I can monetize that even emotionally and mentally and be like, oh yeah, she told me try and do this so that you counter that. Mm. So that then I'm like, you know, because I'm very, in my way of doing things, I'm very, I'm very practical. You know, so if you give me a sort of routine, I make it into a habit, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, this height's meant to be done. Move from here to here, and then you know, left to right, yeah. uh, north to south, east to west. But I was only meant to start seeing, I think, after like two months. Mm. But I was too eager, so after one and a half months, I called the psychiatrist, and I'm like, no, 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 I need to start now, I need to start yeah. now, I need to start now. So I got the number, I went, I booked an appointment, and. The you know this lady has been amazing yeah. she's the same lady i see until today we've we've i've learned a lot through her yeah. about myself about my you know I've, I've learned about being assertive being confident how to communicate certain things without yeah. necessarily being disrespectful yeah. 
without being insulting, without being belittling. Um, I've learned to work, work on myself, you know, how to handle myself in such a situation. So if I'm uh, faced with a trigger yeah. and it's, you know, one of those situations that I've just, I impromptu, I kind of know now how to deal with it. So it's just been an amazing journey. I feel like my voice is back. In relationships, I've been able to articulate the things that frustrate the hell out of me, <laughs> be it intimate relationships, be it with friends, mm-hmm. Um, with my family, it's a bit of a touch and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a working progress because there it's very delicate. Yeah. It's been my biggest trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fam- the dynamic uh, in our family has been my biggest trigger. Yeah. So be it like my dad or my mom, they are the two biggest triggers that I have to face every day because I still live at home. In terms of how they communicate with me, man, it's every time ke- I kept trying to tell them that, you know, let's try and fix the problem around the house, yeah. you know, with our family and what's going on. Because in turn, if you fix that, we'll be able to live in peace and harmony. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't getting to them, you know. My mom is still focused on complaining about what my dad has done wrong. Mm-hmm. My dad is those guys for, he doesn't know how to express himself when he's going through some stuff. So he's more of a reactor. So he'll do certain mm-hmm. things and you're like, okay, guy, he must be going through something. We're the ones who end up being collateral damage for yeah. what he's going through. Yeah. So there's been times where I've tried to talk to him and tell him that, no, let's try and do this, let's do that. Of course, uh, being the traditional man he is, uh, he'll, he'll listen to what you're saying, yes, but getting him to change something he's done for I mean, way longer than I have been alive is so difficult, you know. But there's been small changes that I've noticed. Our relationship is a lot better. Um, He doesn't come off as angry, especially when he talks to me. Um, He's not as angry as he used to be. When he's trying to tell me something, he'll say it. Um, When he's trying to explain something, he'll explain it. It's also giving me the opportunity to you know, be able to now use my voice and also say the stuff that mm-hmm. um, I want done in, you know, whatever way. Even if we may not agree on it, it's fine. But if we agree on it, it's also good, mm-hmm. you know. So getting my voice again has been a journey uh, of sorts and it's come with so much. It's been a very interesting journey because now what I've decided to do is use my voice to help other people. I started sharing my story, social media platforms, and that, of course, had a lot of mixed reactions because a lot of people who, yes, they sensed that there was something that was going on, they didn't know what. Yeah. The other people who were just like, ah, Edgar, I, I, wow, I never, I would never thought that this guy was going through, yeah. you know, all this. He's always that guy who's just coming off as happy and yeah. smiley and energetic and, you know, but I was going through, you know, a lot of stuff. So it, Of course, I opened uh, Pandora's box in a very good way where people started asking me a lot of questions. A lot of child trauma uh, stories are are things that I've come into contact with, Mm -hmm. you know, and now just guys trying to maneuver, you know. And I think also in one of your podcasts, you had mentioned how, you know, you get to learn so much about yourself and then you want to impact that knowledge on everyone. I think you need therapy. I think you need therapy. I think you need therapy. You, Kwanza, you. Oh my God, you. And then now you have guys are like, hey, you are no it all, eh? You, you, you seem to know all these things that I need, eh? Okay. Mm, mm, okay. So guess guys like backing away from you and being distant. So I had to learn how to suggest some things, <laughs> you know, or when to suggest also, you know. You can't just suggest at any given point in time because you've noticed something. You know, sometimes you wait for the person to notice 
um, these things about themselves, then they come to you and then you're yeah. like, hmm, funny you say this. Um, yeah, so now let me tell you what I know, you know. So um, I've, I've, I feel I've helped a couple of people here and there. I'm still a working progress. Yeah. Uh, I think just as your tattoo says, I'm still evolving, yeah. you know, trying to keep, especially with my family. I'd say with my friends, I'm very good at it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a lot better than I used to be. Like, I'm able to face conflict these days. Sometimes I even welcome it. I welcome criticism. As my therapist says, you can't control what the other person, how the other person will say some stuff or do some stuff, but you can control how you, you know, take it and how you, you know, how you choose to communicate that, how you choose to react to what they've done or said. So I, I have that at the forefront of my mind. Um, of course, the days where you're not too, you're not at your hundred, so you'll fall back a bit. But it's fine; it's part of life. You can always be perfect. But with my family, I'm still learning to tell my dad certain things yeah. and have him see it for what it is. So even like with my mom, we've gotten to this point where uh, my sister and I have kind of told her that, okay, you know, if you're not going to change the situation in terms of either you want to leave him or you know sit him down and talk to him family and tell him that you know what he's been doing is wrong yeah. and sticking to that let's not talk about it yeah. it's it's kind of harsh i guess but i also have to come uh to a point where i have to protect myself because i am 31 i've i have the next chapter of my life you know to 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 that's ahead of me you know and i have to live it by living this part of my life i have i, I don't want to t- live this part of my life while i'm being pulled back because that will definitely affect if i'm in a relationship or a marriage that will affect that definitely the learning uh, process is never ending yeah. so i think one thing i i need to keep doing is just be very as i'm being intentional i be very patient with myself and very kind I tend to be very harsh with myself, especially after learning so much, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, how I communicate and yeah. the things that I can take and can't take. You can't perfect it all in a day or two. So the last thing that I know I have done recently uh, is put booze to the side, which has helped uh, because I was finding that the interaction booze was having with my medication mm. wasn't good mm. it was heightening my anxiety it would heighten the thoughts that would lead me back yeah. to depression so now like a relapse kind of thing mm-hmm. so i just got out of a relapse actually mm-hmm. um which i guess is expected because yeah. now like for me the environment hasn't necessarily changed overall so you know you're really you're doing you're working on one part but the other part is not working in tandem you know, with, with your with your bit. So at some point, the bubble has to burst, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what happened. The bubble burst. And until the time I feel I'm going to be drinking for the social aspect of the drinking, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather, I'd rather put it to the side. Yeah. And it's been dope, man. This, I think I, you know, drink on Friday, Saturday only. But my Sunday, Monday, and a bit of Tuesday is really a mess. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm beating myself emotionally. I am mentally, um, it's a self-beatdown as well. Yeah. And then I start having flashbacks of all the things that have gone wrong in my life. Yeah. By the time I'm feeling better, it's Friday again. Yeah. And then I've been called for a plan yeah. and I've gone for the plan. And imagine even doing that plan. I'm good. Like, 
I have fun, no drama yeah. at all. I've had fun. I go home and I'm like, man, I've had such a good night. But the manner in which I was drinking wasn't there sometimes yes it might have been a bit out of character mm-hmm. even if nothing bad happened mm-hmm. but it may be a little bit too much than you know I usually do mm-hmm. and I was only doing that too much because I was trying to subconsciously numb some pain I was subconsciously numbing pain that I was going through mm-hmm. but now when I'm not drinking man Saturday morning I'm up by 6 Uh, I go through a whole day with so much energy. There's this thing I'm doing again now. Where's I'm using my voice? So if you follow me on IG, I sing a lot in my car. Oh my god, a lot. And I'm going to someone give me an idea of printing out a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm going to be the karaoke guy. <laughs> so, I'm going to do that. Yeah, man. So I sing a lot again using my voice. Yeah. So there's little little ways that I'm using my voice and I get I give I get this uh, positive responses of oh my god edgar you make my days yeah. the way you just sing in your car you have you look like you have so much fun someone asking me like how much how how do you have so much energy yeah. to to do this early in the morning because you find me like let's say at seven in the morning i'm probably in the road somewhere and i'm singing and just shouting in the car and i'm yeah. solo yeah. you know so guys are like yo how are you doing this a year ago i was never able to face the front camera mm. my way mm. and i have my face there and even if i was not saying anything just record myself just i don't know bumping to music yeah. just nodding my head i was never able to do such yeah. so for me that's a big step in the right direction where now i'm i'm even like oh my god i've not recorded today damn so i get my phone get this song i'm like man i have to sing the chorus of this song so i restart the song okay good we get into that part start recording and i just start singing i sing i sing i sing from being voiceless to now being someone who's using their voice uh in different ways to do good and especially use my story to help people who have you know been where I have been or even in worse situations mm-hmm. where um, they've wanted someone to just hear them out mm-hmm. but uh, they've been forced to be mum because no one is willing to listen or for those who are listening they're either judging invalidating or dismissing catch our next african stories in the next episode that's the first story that i felt was too heavy to run in completion like as one but i believe it's a story that they so much to yes learn from but also it triggers you and i to be a bit more conscious about what traumas we're we're carrying subconsciously based on our upbringing and our childhood and whether we are ready to just say no it stops today or we would just prefer to blank it out i don't know but i'd love to hear your thoughts on this two part story and you can share that with me on our insta page which is at legally clueless podcast And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.